Patience is trusting that God knows what we need, when we need it, and how we'll get it. Today we'll be looking at the second quality that benefits us greatly on our life journey. This message is the second in the series, Road Trip. The message is entitled, Patience. Here is Pastor Steve Rivera. Don't you love Pastor Dale? Man, we have such an incredible pastor, an incredible leader. And let me just encourage you to always keep uh, Pastor Dale uh, in your prayers. When you see him, make sure that he, uh, you encourage him. He's got such an incredible task on his hands to lead our church. And doesn't he do such a great job every single week just feeding us the Word of God week in and week out? So just always... Um, Keep Pastor Dale on your wrist. Hey, can we take a moment right now and welcome our Frederick campus uh, up in Frederick? Let's take a big, give them a big, warm welcome, Frederick campus. We're glad to be joined together in the teaching of God's Word. Can we, before we get started this, this morning, let's take a moment and pray and ask God to just uh, work on our hearts this morning. Father God, we just uh, thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning, God, to open up your Word. And God, we just believe this morning that um, you have a specific Word that you want to speak to us, God. And that, God, we just settle our hearts right now, and uh, God, we're ready to receive all that you have for us, Lord God. We believe that your word is alive and it is active, Lord God, and God, we lean into all that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We're in a series called Road Trip. Last week, Pastor Dale started it off talking about faith. He had an incredible word. If you haven't gotten that teaching, make sure that you pick up that teaching it's a great word that he gave last week on, on faith. And in this series called Road Trip, what, what are the essentials that we need to take with us on this journey of life that will help us to be the people, the followers of Jesus that he's called us to be? Uh, anybody taken a road trip recently? Anybody taken a road trip, long road trip recently? I, I know I've taken some road trips, and you know what my favorite part of a road trip is? Arriving. That's my favorite part, when I get there. I don't really like a whole lot more of the road trip, just, uh, you know, get stuffy in the car, and it's just, you know, all right. When, the first 30, 45 minutes, not bad, right? But after a little while, do you know what the most common question on a road trip is? Are we there yet? Of course. Everyone wants to get there. Everyone wants to be where I just... I know growing up, taking road trips, I just had to learn to be patient. I, was, I would always ask like every 15 minutes, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I just had to learn a lot of patience. And we're talking about patience today, and we're going to be reading out of the book of James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. But um, James is writing to uh, the believers that have been scattered really throughout uh, many parts of the area of the world. And these believers are being, it's a time where the believers are actually being persecuted for their faith. Um, they've, they've acknowledged that they believe in Jesus, and so they're in a time where they're actually being persecuted for their faith in Jesus. Aren't you thankful that we live in a time and in a place that we're not so much persecuted for our faith like they were, right? So they're in a time where they're being persecuted for their faith, and uh, James writes a letter to all these believers that are scattered. And very, very first chapter Chapter 1, and pick it, in verse, pick it up in verse 4, and listen to what James tells them. He says, but let patience have its perfect work. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking 
nothing. Listen to that. It says, let patience have, a perf- have its perfect work. That means that patience is working something in us, right? Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's what I want in my life. I, I want to be a believer, a follower of Jesus that is perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, I know that I'm very far from that, but that's what I want. And if I want that, I know that I'm going to have to let patience have its perfect work in my life. I think patience is something very hard to actually practice. Would you agree with that? I think we all want things right now. We know what we want and when we want it and everything about our life. And so patience, at least for me, is, is very hard. But what is patience? And when it comes to God's word, what is really patience? If you're taking notes this morning, you can write this down in just the top of your notes. This, patience is trusting that God knows what we need, when we need it, and how we will get it. Let me repeat that after you, as you've written that down. Here's what patience is. It's trusting that God knows exactly what we need. Aren't you thankful for that? God knows every single one of your needs. Isn't that amazing? You say, you really believe that? Yes, I know that our God is so big that he cares about every single small need in my life, and he knows it. The patience is knowing and trusting that God knows what I need. He knows when I need it, and he knows how I will get it. Let's talk about this first part. And God knows what I want and what I need. You write those two words down. God knows what I want, and he also knows what I need. I'll speak for myself in this, but I just, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a hard time differentiating between those two. What I've learned is that what I want isn't always what I need. Have you, have you kind of learned that as, as you've gone through life a little bit, right? What, what I want isn't always what I need. Now, sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. I remember being in high school and coming to my parents and saying, Mom and Dad, I want a car. I'm ready. I'm responsible. I can handle it. I want a car. I'm ready. You know what they said? You need a job. (laughs) You need a job. Why? Because they knew what I actually needed, right? They knew that I needed to learn something about what it meant to actually own a car. They they knew that what I really needed was to uh, learn the work ethic of getting up and going to work and saving money and not spending it however I wanted and saving and finally getting what I actually wanted through learning some things. And yes, I needed a car, but they also knew that I needed some other things that went along with the blessing of having a car, which is learning something about myself, something about some weaknesses that I had in my character, right? And so, yeah, I I wanted a car, but they knew that um, I, I really, what I needed was a job. And so, I go through life, and sometimes maybe on that, not on that big of a scale, sometimes smaller, and yeah, sometimes even bigger than that, but what I want isn't always what I need. But here's the beauty of all of that, is that God knows what we want, 
and he also knows what we need. Now, if someone knows what we want and what we need, can he be trusted? If God knows that we want something and we need something, can't he be trusted with everything, with both, right? But, but sometimes, see, we let, allow our wants to drive us forward and forsaking all the needs that we might have, think we need in our life, right? And the Bible talks about just this relationship of our needs in uh, Luke, chapter, uh, Luke chapter 12. And listen to what this says. It says, And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow... He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your Father already knows your needs. Listen to that. Your Father knows your needs. Verse 31 says, Seek everything you want, and God will give you everything that you need. No, didn't say that, does it? It says, listen, it says, seek the kingdom of God above everything else, and God will give you everything that you need. Wow. Seek not your kingdom. Seek not what you want. Seek first the kingdom, and God will give you everything that you need. See, sometimes for me, what I want can cloud what I really need, right? Uh, what we want kind of clouds what the real need is sometimes, and so we have to be careful to be able to distinguish between these things. Is what we want really what we need in our life? And God can be trusted. He knows both. Maybe you're wanting a, a new relationship. <laughs> Maybe you're wanting a new spouse, but what you need is God to be able to renew the one that you have and to, for you to work with him on that. And maybe what you want is a new job, but what you need is for God to show you how to be patient with the people that you work with or how to um, just have courage in the place that he's put you in. I don't know what those things are, but, but here's the thing. God knows, and so you can go to God with that. And when you say, God, here's what I want. Help me to know the difference. Is this really what I need? But you know, here God has told us that he knows the desires of our heart, and he knows, as we just read, exactly what we need in our life. See, patience gives us a completely different perspective, doesn't it? When you wait on something, it just helps us, helps us to see things in just a, a new light, in a new way. How many times have we maybe um, asked God for something and, and later realized that, it's not really what we needed. I know I've done that. I'm like, God, I need this. I need this. I really want this in my life. And, and, and God hasn't answered that prayer. And as I look back, I go, man, I'm so glad. Some of the best prayers that God have, have gone in my life are the ones that God has not answered. Because as I look back, man, I'm so thankful that he didn't answer that prayer because it's not what I really needed. It's something that I just wanted. It's coming out of something in, in my human nature. But God knows exactly both things, what we want and what we need. And so this patient gives, patience gives us a new perspective. You can see in your notes here that patience strengthens our faith, right? When you have to wait, when you have to wait, when you have to wait, all of a sudden your faith has to begin, begin to grow because you got to trust God to wait, right? When you're waiting on God, it, it, you have to somehow trust him that he knows better than you do. And patience, it improves our decisions. 
It improves our decisions, doesn't it? When you have to wait on something, if you've taken some time and you're in the moment of wanting to purchase something or get into something kind of relationship or, or go somewhere, that, that when you've waited on it, you've realized that um, you got more clarity after you waited, after you were patient, right? And patience also clarifies our commitments. Patience clarifies our commitments. Sometimes if we were just a little bit more patient, uh, our commitments that we've made will become a little bit more clear. And sometimes we can get into things, into commitments that God never intended us to be in, or we can get out of commitments that God never intended us to get out of. But patience allows us to see, okay, what am I supposed to be in and commit to that? And what am I supposed to be out of and get out of that? See, God gives us clarity through this patience. And sometimes we think that uh, what we want is something that's going to give us purpose and meaning and going to fill the void that we have. But what we really need is Jesus because only he can do that in our life. Amen? Only Jesus can really fill the voids in our life that we have. So we know that God knows what we want and what we need. It's so important. Number two, that God's timing is always timely. God's timing is always timely. What does this word timely mean? It means that something that's occurring at an opportune time, at the best time, that never too early and never too late, but timely means that it's happening at the right moment. And here's the beautiful thing about God, that he knows what we want, and he knows what we need, and he knows when we need it. He knows the right time, the, the opportune time to give it to us. I see it as like a window of time where that, that need and that want can come into our life. And here's the thing, we might know our schedules super well, we might know ourselves very well, but God knows that window. God knows exactly when to fit that thing into our life. That blessing, that prayer that you're asking, that whatever it is that you're asking God for, that God knows the window of when that can come into your life. God knows that. We, we, we sometimes know that, but ultimately God is sovereign, right? God knows that way more than we do. Listen to James in chapter 5, verse 7. It says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield this valuable crop. Listen, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. I love this analogy that he uses that of the farmer planting seeds and then waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. Did you notice that? That he didn't just say waiting for the rains generally. He said waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. You see, in Palestine, there was two seasons of heavy rain. The first one came October, November. The second one would come around March or April. And the first rain would actually just, um, the, the ground was very dry from the heat in the summer. And so the first rain would come and it would begin to just um, soften the ground. It would begin to wet the ground, prepare the ground. And the, the farmer would come and he would plant the seeds and uh, plow and plant. And then he would wait. He would just wait for the next rains. And so both of these rains were vital. Both of the rains were very, very important because if he had one and not the other, 
he wouldn't reap, reap the, the, the full harvest of what, what he could have. And so he would wait for, wait for the first rain and for the second rain and plant. Yeah, another reason that I love this analogy is because, you know, when you plant a seed, the seed goes down and the heat and the, just the pressure begin to come around that seed. And over time, the shell of that seed just bursts and then the, the roots begin to go down deep into the ground. And eventually, over time, something pops up out of the ground. You see, that whole time, something was underground Something was happening underneath where no one could see. The farmer can't see it. No one else could see it. Something was happening underground over time. And eventually, boom, something comes out. This is how God works in our life. Something is so important that we must see that. We plant seeds of obedience, and we might not see the result right away. We plant seeds of, 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 hey, we trust God's word, and so, okay, I'm going to plant a seed of purity. I'm going to plant a seed of trust. I'm going to plant the seed of whatever it is. We plant these seeds, and we don't see results right away. But here's where the beauty of trusting and waiting on God is, is that something is happening in your life where you can't see it. No one else can see it. Something is happening underneath And over time, as the pressure and the heat begin to come around that seed and begin to burst the shell of that seed, over time, boom, something pops up into your life because of the faithfulness and and just the patiently waiting on God that you have. And what does that require? It requires trusting. It requires trusting that God is doing something even when you don't see it. How hard is that, though, right? It's easy, I think, to, to think that and to, and to read that and to say that, but how hard is that to plant those seeds of, of obedience and, and just wait on God and trust that God is actually doing something where no one can see it? But this is where God can really work into our life because he's showing us, hey, be patient. Trust me. Wait and know that I'm doing something. Listen to Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not become weary and doing good. Hey, can, can we actually read this together? Both campuses, Frederick, follow along. Let's read this together. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I love that. I love that verse. He says, don't become tired in planting your seeds. Don't become tired in doing what's right. Don't become tired and following my ways. Don't become tired. You might not see anything. Hey, God's saying, don't get tired. Don't get weary. You're doing what's right. You might not be seeing anything yet. Keep going. Keep planting. You might not see see the fruit. You might not see anything sprouting up. Hey, keep going. Don't get tired. You see, the enemy will come into your life and he will try to attack you. He will try to fatigue you. He will try to discourage you. He will try to lie to you and tell you that nothing is happening in your life. See, God's word has no use in your life. See, there is no point in doing God's ways. This is the lies of the enemy. But you have to trust that God's word, he promises us that when we plant, that he's working. You keep planting. You keep going. He's saying, hey, don't get, there's a reason he put this verse in there. Don't, because he knows that you'll get tired. Do not get tired in doing good. Because at the what time? At the proper time. Not when you think is best. Not when you think you absolutely need it. But at 
the right time. Come on. At the right time, right? At the right time, at the opportune time. See, God's timing is always, always timely, and he can be trusted with that. Isaiah 8, 17 says, I will wait for the Lord. I will put my trust, where? In him. See, trust and waiting, they go together. Trust and waiting, they go together. Isaiah 30, 18, listen to this. It says, therefore, the Lord waits. Everyone say, the Lord waits. The Lord waits. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. And then listen to how he finishes. Blessed are all those who wait for him. So he starts by saying, the Lord waits. And then he finishes by saying, blessed are those who wait. The Lord waits. Blessed are those who wait. All right? So two, two things he's saying. Blessed are those who wait and blessed, uh, or, and then God waits. You see, patience is not passive. Patience isn't just sitting back, relaxing, waiting for God to do his thing. I'm just trusting God, so I'm just going to stand right here until he does it. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Like in a waiting room at the doctor's office, I'm just waiting. Just waiting. I know God's going to do it. I'm just waiting. No, see, patience is not passive. Here's what patience is. It's waiting for God to do what he can do while we do what we can do right? Patience is waiting for God to do what only he can do while we do what we can do. And so we patiently wait for God to bring that, bring that right person into our life. And God waits for us to prepare our character for that person because if he brings that person into our life, we need to be prepared for that person. Or we wait for God to heal our marriage, and God waits for us to go through the process of taking ownership of the, our part that we play in that in order to heal our marriage because he's not just going to do everything for us. And so God waits while we wait. And so patiently waiting on him is waiting for God to do what only he can do while at the same time we do what we are able to do. And before we move on to this next point is I love the fact that God waits for us. Aren't you thankful for that? I know in my life, I'm so very thankful for the fact that God waits. How many times have we walked away from God and God just, he waits. God doesn't give up on us. God, God waits for us. You know the, the story of the prodigal son and the, the analogy, the beautiful analogy that he gives there of the father waiting the father sees his son out of distance, and he comes out running. His son is back. What was the father doing? He was waiting. And sometimes we can make decisions in life that take us off the path that God has for us. And God isn't angry with us. And God's patiently waiting for us to come back to him. If that's you this morning, God's patiently waiting for you. He loves you so, so drastically. It's amazing that God just waits for you to come. And when you're ready, you come. Come to Jesus. He patiently waits for you. Make that decision. It's the best decision that you could ever make. But aren't you thankful that God waits? God is a patient God. God how, how much has God been patient with us? Uh, of course, we should be patient with him. 
So God's timing is always timely. And then lastly, God's process will lead us to his purpose. God's process will lead us to his purpose. You see, I think sometimes we want the result, but we don't want the process so much, right? We want to get there. Are we there yet? Uh, But we don't really want to go through the process. We don't want to go pack, and we don't want to go do everything to the car maintenance that it needs, and we don't want to go through the process of everything that it takes to get there, to arrive. We want the result, but we not, don't so much want the process that it takes to get there. I, maybe I'm just speaking for myself this morning, but I love the result. I don't like, so much like the process. Why? Because it takes a lot of work. I want an incredible marriage. Well, do I want the process of an incredible marriage, the time that it takes, the investment that it takes? I want great children that love Jesus. Well, am I going to go through the process of building God's word into their hearts and into their minds and teaching them every, every week and every day and every moment opportunity that I have? Do I want to go through that process? It takes time. It takes effort. It takes energy. I want the result, but I also know that I need the process, the process, the process. The process is so important. We can't forego the process because the process teaches us something. There's something in the process. Do you agree with that? I want to read you a a passage in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. Listen to this. It says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, so the the Israelites were slaves, right, in Egypt. And the Bible says that when Pharaoh finally let the people go, listen, it says, God did not lead them along the main road that uh, runs through the Philistine territory even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. And God said if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return home. And so God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. I, I think that's amazing to me. I think it's, that's, it's so, it's, 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 it shows how much God knows each and every one of us. He said he didn't lead them The shortest route, he led them through the wilderness on a roundabout way to get them to where he wanted. See, God had a promise for them, but God also knew something about them. Do you know that from the place where they were to the place where God wanted to take them was only about maybe 250 miles, that's it. Maybe taken a month-long journey to get there. It would have been a month, and there we're there, the promised land. 250 miles. Sounds pretty simple. In fact, there was a great uh, road, a caravan, a caravan route that led them from where they were right up the coast, up into the promised land. It's like the highway coast, right? Been a beautiful scenery, been gorgeous. But God knew something about that route. God knew something that even though it was the shortest and even though it was fastest, it wasn't the best. And God knew that something would happen along that route that would either discourage them or ultimately defeat them and make them turn around. And so God led them a roundabout way to get them to the promise. Oh, this is so amazing. That God would take us through a process. I don't know what process God might be taking you today. And you think, where's the promise that he has, that he's given to me? God has taken you through a process. You know, through that process, what did they, they saw God work incredible miracles, right? Through this roundabout way, 
He, he, they, they learned so much about God that, they, that he could be trusted. Uh, if they would have gotten that promise quickly, they, they were slaves. They didn't know how to manage the land that they were going to be given. Uh, they would have been defeated. They would have had armies come against them. See, God knows that he might have a promise for us that he wants to give us, but perhaps we're not ready to, to handle the promise that he has. And so he has to take us through a route in our life to teach us the things that will help us to actually manage the promise that he has for us. And whatever process that God has taken you through, embrace that process. Don't push it off. Don't try to hurry through it. Embrace the process. You see, I think we all know that God has a plan and a purpose for our life, right? God has a plan. We receive that. God has a plan for our life. God has a promise for our life. But God also has a process for our life. Can we begin to include that in our, in our convictions that God has a process for my life. Yes, God has a plan, but I know that he also has a process. I'm going to embrace the process that he has for me. You know Jeremiah 29, 11, right? Very familiar passage that God has a plan for our life, a hope and a future, right? That he, can I, can I, in fact, can I read it to you? Um, I'm going to actually start, though, in verse 10, because you can't read verse 11 without verse 10. Listen to this. It says, this is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. What? 70 years. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. That sounds like a process to me. But then I will come. And do for you all the good things that I promised. Come on, right? You're going to be somewhere for 70 years. I'm going to put you through a process. But then, the Lord says, but then I will do for you all the good things that I promised you. Come on, don't give up on God's promises. That it might not be 70 years, but he might take you through a process of waiting on him. And then I will come and I will give you all the good things that I've promised you. And I will bring you home again. That sounds like a process. That I'm going to bring you home again and take you through this process. And then we can read verse 11 where he says, For I know, come on, the plans that I have for your life. Right? I know the plans that I have, says the Lord. They're plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I have a promise for you, he says. I have a hope for you. I have a plan for you, but hello, I still have a process for your life. Will you embrace my process, God says. Don't give up on his process. Sometimes we, we bail out on the process. Well, God's not showing up, so I might as well just go back to what, what I was doing. Uh, he's not doing what he said he was going to do. I might as well just give up on it. But God says, no, no, no. I'm taking you through a process. Do you see what I'm doing in your life? It's all happening underground, and before you know it, it's going to sprout up, and I'm going to do an amazing thing. Wait for the process. Wait through the process, and wait for the promise that he has. Are you willing to go through God's process that will lead you to his promise? You see, when, when we wait on God's timing and we go through God's process, we will get God's best. When we go through God's process and we wait on God's timing, you are assured that you will get God's best. I wrote down some things, some practical things that we can do to grow our patience. And we just recap as we finish off this, read them very quickly. It says, trust that God's timing is better than ours. We got to trust God's timing. 
he says it's better than our timing. Accept that God sees what you want, but remember that he knows what you need. He sees your desires. He sees what you want, but he knows what we need. Do your part while you wait for God to do his part. We do our part and we wait for God to do his part. Number four, be ready for your patience to be tested. If you want patience, we must be ready for it to be tested. If you want patience, God will give you children, right? If you want patience, God will put you in places or put you around people that will test your patience. And number five, cooperate with the process that God has for you. Cooperate the process with the process that God has for you. Can I close by saying this? Is that your process is different than my process. Your process is different than your brother's process. Your process is different than your sister's process. Your process is different than your parents' process. Your process is different than your coworkers' process. I don't know what your process is, but here's his promise. He says, you seek the kingdom of God, and then I will give you everything that you need when you stick through my process. I want to tell you something. If you're on the verge of giving up, don't give up. At the right time, you will reap a harvest. If you've given up, God is patient for you. He waits for you to come because he wants to give you a harvest, the full harvest, not part of the harvest. He wants to give you the full promise that he has for you. Embrace the process, amen, that God has for you. Let's pray together. God, we just thank you, God, that you're so sovereign and you're so good to us, Lord God. And God, that you love us so much. And God, we know this morning that you know everything about us, God. And God, we commit to embracing the process that you have for us, Lord God. And we receive that today. Encourage us, Lord God, as we move forward, Lord God. God, work in our hearts all across this room, Lord Jesus. Strengthen us. Encourage us. God, if there's someone that might be on the verge of giving up, God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would just renew their strength. God, that they would mount up on wings like eagles, Lord God. That they would run and not be tired. Bless them. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that will make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life. 
to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with the pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash new beginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.